You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 12 minutes after 6 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We've got bad news. Bad news for Jeopardy fans, and there's also controversy and outrage. Okay, so I don't know if you know him. His wait, name is wait. Ben Chan. Stop. He said controversy and, and outrage. outrage. So Ben is from De Pere. He's a prof at, uh, at your place, at St. Norbert's College. And he's been on a great run on Jeopardy. He's been on... It's like more than a week, right? Yeah. So he's gone like, what, like nine days or whatever. And he lost last night in the final Jeopardy. And here's the question, or the clue, if you will. The clue was Shakespeare's characters, both of the names of these two lovers in a Shakespeare play come from Latin words for blessed. Any idea? Yeah, right. I wouldn't have gotten it. It makes sense now because I'm familiar with the show. So who, what would the question be? It's Beatrice and Benedict. But here's what he wrote. He didn't write Beatrice and Benedict. He wrote Much Ado About Nothing, if yep, you know the show. Yep. He wrote Beatrice and Benedict with a T at the end. And since that's pronounced differently than Benedict, like you said it. Benedict, D-I-C-K, Benedict. Yes, he got it wrong. So even though he wrote down the right thing and, wow. and had the two characters, since he had a K or a T instead of a K, he lost. Well, he might as well have written Beatrice and Benafrio. That's not the guy's name. Yeah, but it, it's, I mean, he clearly was meaning that guy. You can't go with what you were meaning. So the rules it's indicate. Not his name. The rules indicate, Debbie, that it's on how it's pronounced when you read whatever they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so now that you're Eric sense. with a K. Yeah. So what if someone, the Final Jeopardy answer was. I think that'd be okay. Uh, question is who are Vince and Eric? My and I wrote Eric with a C. My expectation there would that that would be okay. Because you just merely spelled it wrong, but it correct, still comes but it's still out the same. pronounced the same. So this okay, poor guy. Sense. This sucks, though, because this yeah, guy was does. doing awesome. <laughs> he had it. Yeah. Title Town was all up. Man. We're getting fired up for this guy. And he... Anyway, what a way to lose. 614. Outrage. On Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All sports desk. Here's Bob Brainerd. Brewers got the bounce back win last night, getting the shutout, too. 6-0 over Houston. Nursing a two-run lead in the eighth, the Brew Crew opened things up thanks to the local kid. Two and two with two outs on Owen Miller. Two runs in in the eighth inning. Montero delivers. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. Alvarez staring two more for the crew. Owen Miller with a two-run home run. It's 6-0 Brewers. And Miller, the Ozaki High School product, he's got a nice on-base streak going after putting up a 3-for-4 evening last night. Uh, just probably my routine. Um, just trying to keep it consistent, um, having good conversations with Ozzie and Dawson, uh, game plan in the right way, and, um, you know, just, just the swing's feeling good. So, uh, you know, if I get a ball over the plate, I'm going to try to hit it hard. So just keep it simple and try to keep it going. Finale in the series commences this afternoon at noon with Adrian Hauser on the bump from Milwaukee pregame programming 
slotted for 11.30 a.m. here on 620 WTMJ. Game four in the NBA playoffs, Boston and Miami. Celtics survived to live another day. Game five now shifts back to Beantown with the heat up three games to one. Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Vegas and Dallas, Golden Knights shut out the Stars 4-0. Vegas now leads 3-0 in that conference final tonight. Game four in the East with Florida looking to wrap up a berth in the Stanley Cup finals if they can beat Carolina. They're down to the final four teams in the AHL as well. Calder Cup playoffs feature the Milwaukee Admirals taking on Coachella Valley tomorrow night in Palm Springs to kick off that best of seven series. You heard me. Coachella. Ask for it by name. And in Green Bay, <laughs> OTs continue this week. Tastes great. And it's, and it's all about the love. Jordan love, that is. Showing Matt LaFleur that so far, all the moments under his watchful eye are steady as she goes. After all, love, he's not a rookie QB anymore. I just think the way he's matured as, uh, as, a, as a man, um, you know, the, the control that he has within the room, out on the field, um, I think that he maximized his opportunities these last couple of years in terms of just learning from one of the greatest to ever play this game. I believe there's a, a concerted effort, and, and, and rightfully so, to prop up Jordan Love. Yeah. To, you know, to, to give him all the love, no pun intended, but to give him the running start. That, because, I mean, he's going to play in the shadow of number 12, right? So they're just trying to, you know, LaFleur, everybody's saying the right things to at least give the kid a chance yeah. to be his own guy. And I think we should support him. This is our quarterback going going forward. I just, it's getting a little strange over there at 1265. I just, just appreciate him as a man. As a man. He's a man. He's, he's been a, here three he's years. Man. He's a man now. <laughs> <laughs> 618 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up, she could have gotten off with probation. Instead, she begged the judge to send her to jail. That story next. At 622 on Wisconsin's Morning News, Eric, I've been covering the courts for, I don't know how long I've been doing this, 25 years. You're only a year or two behind me there. Between the two of us, we got nearly half a century of covering. We've heard and seen a lot. Hadn't seen this before. <laughs> Maybe it's happened before. I'm not saying it's never happened, but have I personally have not witnessed this before. Could have walked out free. Instead, a Shorewood woman turned down a sentence of probation and community service and instead asked to go to jail. A Shorewood woman is sentenced to 60 days in jail for spitting on a protester. 67-year-old Stephanie Rapkid was charged with disorderly conduct for the incident, which happened during a Black Lives Matter protest in 2020. A judge actually offered her probation, which Rapkin declined, instead taking 60 days in jail. You did what? Said she wanted to go to jail. TMJ4 News reporting there on the verdict in Milwaukee County Court. Now, you remember this story. This is, again, almost three years ago now. So in the wake of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protest, and there was a protest on Oakland Avenue there, right there in the the heart of Shorewood, Mm -hmm. right? And this woman, Stephanie Rapkin, who lives there, is just trying to go to the store. She parks her car on the street. Protesters didn't want her on the street because we're protesting here. Excuse me. And now... In fairness to the protesters here, this does not sound like a nice lady. And she came walking on up, doing what she's going to do. In fairness to Rapkin, all she wanted to do was park her car legally on the street. You're welcome to protest here, but I'm welcome to park my car. She was just trying to go to the store. Well, they tussled. Okay, and there were hot tempers on both sides, and she's got a mob up in her face screaming at her. She lost it and spit on a kid. 
18-year-old student at Shorewood High School. Now, no matter how you've been antagonized here, you can't spit on people. So she's charged. She's charged with disorderly conduct. They tried to plea it down, though. Yes. And, and you would think that's right. Let's not run this through the court system, okay? You got the disorder. Let's, let's all move on from this. Take your plea deal that would have been like, what, some community service and yep, probation. Likely, right? yeah. Turned it down, wanted to have her day in court. Okay, Stephanie Rapkin decides to have that day in court. She had it. She lost. She's convicted on disorderly conduct. In fact, even the judge said she believes that Rapkin lied on the stand because she said, well, I didn't spit on him. I spit on the ground. That, nobody believes that. This video. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you spit on the kid. Well, the judge... Given the verdict, I think appropriately said, this is not a person who belongs in jail, says, uh, let's give you probation and 100 hours of community service. And Rapkin refuses. The defendant here in court, sitting there having the sentence read, interrupts the judge. And as she's doing it, her attorney seated to her left (laughs) physically is like trying to get in her way. Hey. The hey, hand is over, sh- like, shh, hey, shut no. up. What are you doing? This is not what we talked about. She tells the judge, it's not viable. I'd rather go to jail right now and take care of it. The judge continues to insist, like, hey, listen, nope, this is what we're going to do. You know, the Journal Sentinel is reporting this morning that Assistant District Attorney James Griffin actually asked for jail time, but no specific amount of time. The judge wasn't going to do that. That actually kind of strikes me as interesting. We barely send car thieves to jail around here. People with no driver's licenses rack up offense after offense after offense, and they're still out there. But this is who we want to send to jail. But nonetheless, the judge wasn't going to do it. Well, Rapkin says, look, I've tried to do community service for my own mental health. She says, no one will take me. I can't leave my house because of harassment and death threats. So go ahead. Send me to jail. Her attorney, Anthony Cotton, after the verdict, talking with or after the sentence... 60 days in jail, talking with reporters. I mean, was there any discussion of not saying anything? Uh, she didn't want to make a statement, so that you know, Stephanie didn't want to make a statement, if that's what you're asking. No, no, it's not what they were asking. They mean, like, <laughs> did you tell her just, shut up, you're going to walk out of here? And he said, eh, I don't know, it didn't come up. How does it not come up? So then they took her away in cuffs. They handcuffed her and yeah. took her to jail. Okay, enjoy your time. I hope she's isolated, because think about who else is there. Well, it's not going to be a pleasant stay, No, no, it's not. So she gets her 60 days. The attorney, again, uh, Cotton here, didn't really seem to know what to do with all this. He kind of was as surprised as the rest of us. Has she talked to you about if she's regretful for what she did that day? Uh, I don't have a comment on that. Anything else I want to say? Take care, you guys. Thanks for being here. See you around. See you around. Take care, guys. Did you like the long pause? There are several reporters there who just couldn't think of what else to ask. And he's like, all right, peace. All right, guys. (laughs) See you guys. 60 days in jail for the Shorewood Spitter. On this Wednesday morning, Bob Brainerd in with sports this morning. You were out at the yard last night, too. It was. Beautiful night. Roof was open. 6 nothing shutout. Be Houston. Everything was uh, it was all good. It was super good because we had a little excitement in the sausage race, as you posted on the Twitter. Well, yes. You know, I always shoot the sausage race because that's me. I'm that dad. And my son is turning at me. What? Why? You know. Well, so you catalog them all? 
No, but like I, I like post it because others like to see it. Yeah. And I, I know people wager on this, right? You know, mm-hmm. like who's going to win? So I'm rolling, and it, it goes right past me. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my phone, I see a big Mexican hat hit the deck. <laughs> the chorizo took a header. It went down. Face it went first, down. Face first. And so I just I I quickly panned back because I'm that guy too. I wanted to see the carnage, the destruction. Yeah, absolutely. No, you were a journalist in that. I moment. was. I was. Don't but be distracted by the leaders. This is where the action is, right in front of you. I will give credit though that the chorizo did get up. I mean, at that point, whoever's running in it, you just kind of like walk a shame, right? It's a, I'm not winning the race. Oh man, I'm out of here. I'm going to go through the visitors' right. dugout to leave the field. But it got up and, and finished the race. Fifth out of five sausages. But it did finish the race. Now, is there a special technique you have to use to get up while wearing a chorizo costume? Yeah, you've been in the costume before. You've done it. I was I was in the broad costume years ago, and and the thing that you don't realize until you put the costume on is that if you look to your left or right to see if anybody's gaining on you, you can't see to the left or right. You have that porthole like you're looking through a periscope in a submarine. That's all. <laughs> so the key when you're running... Like your eyes are at the mouth, right? It, it absolutely has to be forward, <laughs> yes. Because you can't tell side to side behind me. I don't know. So just look for the tape, head for the tape, keep running as hard as you can. I don't know if the sausages are technically mascots, but they certainly ought to abide by the mascot code. They are... There's a code? People, yeah, they don't speak. I know yeah, that. Mascots don't speak. Okay. Various other things. I think whoever was in the, whoever was in, down the tools of ignorance, whoever <laughs> that was, did an honor to the profession and the fraternity. Absolutely. By getting back up and finishing that race. Even though Bob Brainerd posted on social media and embarrassed the hell out of you, well, you got up and finished. This morning, we salute you, Chorizo. <laughs> 643, Bob's got actual sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Bob Brainerd. The Brewers shoot for a series win, and it's been a while when they teed up with the Astros this afternoon at American Family Field. 6-0 shutout win last night, even the series, as Adrian Hauser gets the starting spot today at noon. Catch the pregame coverage to kick things off today at 11.30 here on 620 WTMJ. NBA playoffs last night, only teams in the East remain active because Boston topped Miami. So the Heat still leads 3-1 to one with the series shifting back to Boston for Game 5 tomorrow night. On the Stanley Cup playoff scene, Las Vegas now leads Dallas 3-0 in the semifinals out West. Tonight it's Game 4 between Florida and Carolina. The Panthers up 3-0 and looking for a berth in the Stanley Cup finals. The Milwaukee Admiral season Rolls on, set to begin the best of seven series in Palm Springs tomorrow night in the Calder Cup Conference Finals. And the Packers have two days of OTAs in the books. They get a breather today before wrapping things up again on Thursday. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Bob Brainerd. And then there were three voices, that is. Reports have pinpointed the final candidates to get a second look with the Milwaukee Bucks, who are searching for a new voice of leadership. Does Milwaukee go with the experience of Nick Nurse? Take a flyer on first-timer Adrian Griffin, who was an assistant under Nurse in Toronto, or Steve Kerr's lieutenant at Golden State, Kenny Atkinson. Different voices, to be sure, from Mike Budenholzer. But here's the pivot point. Does a voice change the outcome? That is what this hire is all about in Milwaukee. The team was built to make a championship run and built that resume in the regular season that proved it was worthy. The next voice will need to penetrate loudly and clearly to the next roster. 
What happens in the first 82 games cannot be wasted in the ensuing 7, 14, or 21. Whom among those voices will ring loudest and strongest in the Bucks locker room? Even if the voices of the players doesn't change, even if you run it back in its entirety, the core is capable of reaching tremendous goals. It will be up to the new voice to provide the fire in the belly of the Milwaukee Bucks. It needs to be stoked, not extinguished. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Drunk driving in Milwaukee the past several weeks has claimed the lives of multiple young people. You had the crash where the 20-year-old was going some 80 miles an hour on city streets, crashed into a drunk driver there among the dead, a one-year-old child. More recently, a teenage driver suspected of drunk driving, clocked at 110 miles an hour on the Lake Expressway there, rolled the vehicle, killed a teenager in that crash. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth, with us this morning. And you want to know why we're not talking more about not just reckless driving, but drunk driving. Well, part of the issue is that we keep talking about fentanyl as if fentanyl jumped on an illegal drug and killed people, right? We're not talking about the illegal drugs that people are taking and they're addicted. Let's fight that. We won't have an issue with fentanyl. But when it comes to drunk driving, there's nobody that's up in arms. You, you've literally lost, what, six people in the matter of a week, week and a half? Nothing. No big deal. I think drinking in this society has become so acceptable, especially in Wisconsin, where we make it, that we just kind of let it go. And at what point are we going to stop people from drunk driving? But these are the same people that scream, oh, my God, you can't take drugs. You're going to drive. We need to change the law. We've already got laws on the books about drunk driving. Impaired driving, driving with alcohol, driving with drugs in your system. All we have to do is actually enforce it. One thing that's always bothered me about the laws that we need to change for drunk driving debate has been this focus on we don't have that first offense as a misdemeanor, right? It's a, it's a ticket as right. opposed to a, a misdemeanor. Right. My issue that, that I see, and I wonder about your perspective on this as a former law enforcement officer, is it's not the first-time offenders, and you can debate that or not, it's the second it's the third, right. it's the sixth, it's the twelfth. Like, at wh- what's your number? Well, you, you need a 10, deterrent. Pick six, whatever. I know it's not ten you, where you <laughs> never get out, okay? Yeah, okay. But you need a deterrent, right? Making it a crime is a deterrent. But people make mistakes. They seem to only make mistakes in states where people make alcohol. You get hammered in some of these other states. One OWI, you know, it's 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 a misdemeanor. Here, well, we want people to go to the bar. And, and I think, I hate to say it, but the Tavern League is one of the worst offenders of supporting unknowingly drunk driving, in, in my estimation, only because you fight for an, an institution that doesn't have enough parameters to stop people I'm driving. I wouldn't let you get your car keys back unless you blow into this when you leave. And if you blow a certain thing, yeah, you can't get your car keys back. Well, where was the – we did see some political will recently over the last few years. It's probably been 10 years now where they did tighten up some of the laws. And I'm trying to figure out – I know Jim Ott was behind a lot of that. But wh- why was that? What, what, wh- why was there political will then to stiffen some of these laws? Because it tra- happened to somebody. It, it got personalized to a, to a 
But it happens to somebody official. all the time. But true. My thing is, at some point, we just have to stop it. And so until the people complain about it, nothing changes in America until the people stand up and say something. Then they get the political will. We sort of passively allow right. that is we what you're saying because it's it so because, ingrained in our culture, the drinking well, culture. Because it's us. Right. It's going to affect us. You know, I, I, the other thing that's always caused me a curiosity about repeat drunk drivers, and I, you know, we'll, we'll always hear from people who say, well, alcoholism is a disease, and debate that as, as you want, but certainly people who are caught in the grips of that, I empathize with them. But why drive? Okay, if, if, even if you're an addict, if you have to have that drink, if you have to go out, like, I don't understand what the what compels them to still drive that fifth time, that sixth time, that tenth time. I don't understand how alcoholism became a disease when you put it in your body and cause yourself a disease. So it sounds like somebody's coming up with this remedy the same way they came up with, oh, we need to help people and we need to give people treatment for drug abuse. Well, no, they need to go to jail like everybody else. Give them the help in jail. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth. You can hear him in the afternoons right down the hall from us. Thank you, sir. All right. Milwaukee Business Headlines are up next. Here's the Business Journal's Rich Kirchin. The Wisconsin Hospital Association seeks $185 million of the state's budget surplus to stem losses from the state and federal Medicaid program. The association says hospitals face major financial challenges and are cutting services. A 25-story luxury apartment tower on Milwaukee's east side wins approval from a key city committee. The proposal from New Land Enterprises heads to the full Common Council. A California company plans multiple urgent care clinics in southeast Wisconsin and has its first location, 114th and Burleigh in Wauwatosa. Carbon Health says the clinic opens in August. I'm Rich Kirchin with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.